This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. We go through something so traumatic mm -hmm. and we hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. If you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of your low point, if you can. My pursuit of success started to really get away from me because I, again, I was not relating everything back to myself. It was for the clients, for the employees, for my kids, for my husband. After doing that for over a decade, of entrepreneurship and kind of sometimes failing to see those wins and those successes and really connecting it to the, the present moment instead of kind of bringing it back and going, whoa, this is great. Like, let's, this is enjoyable. Now that I realize that I'm actually in love with that pursuit and that process, that's truly what I enjoy doing and not so much about the finish line anymore. It really isn't. Let me guess, you're an entrepreneur looking for ways to grow your business online. And you've probably tried everything to grow your business, including social media, SEO, even paid ads, only to find out that nothing truly works. So what if I told you that writing a book that goes on to become a bestseller is the magic wand, and that you can do it in as little as 30 days, two weeks, or even over a weekend in some cases, without spending more than 10 minutes a day. Would you be interested? My name is Roger Brooks, and I'm the founder and host of American Real TV, where I interview world-class guests to empower others through the essence of story. But I didn't get here overnight, and my mission certainly doesn't end here. Ever since I was a little boy, it's been my dream to empower others through the craft of writing and storytelling. And throughout my life, I came across several mentors who pushed me toward my passion for writing books and helping others to do the same. There is no greater joy than to be working with aspiring authors and to help them establish true credibility within their industry by writing and publishing their first book, which I'm proud to say have all gone on to become bestsellers. Now, you're seeing this video because I just opened enrollment for my new book writing program, where I promise to take you from page one to published in 90 days or less. I will be personally working with you to overcome the same fears and obstacles that kept me from pursuing my dreams all of those years. Simply click on the link below to see how I could help you become a first-time best-selling author. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Jennifer Bulkley. You are a podcaster and the founder of Gen X Enterprises and Break the Ice Consulting, where you're a holistic consultant and audio impactor. Ditching a structured, self-built corporate company for a new mission, you're pursuing a life of freedom and self-authorization in order to help others break free of their own illusions and lead an authentic and heart-decisive life. Jennifer, yes. welcome to the show. Yes, hello. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for Excited. making the trip. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. As I mentioned, you're 
only the third guest we've had since COVID broke out. So I appreciate you doing that. We are social distancing here, yep. so everyone knows mm -hmm. uh, we're a good six feet apart. Yep. And uh, just appreciate meeting you in person um, after watching all your great videos and posts on LinkedIn. Yes, this is a linked out. <laughs> this is a linked out. <laughs> linked out. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I love it. And we met on LinkedIn. Yep. Talk a little bit about LinkedIn and how that's impacted you. And I know that I'm starting to watch your, yeah. your progress and your growth. You know, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah, I think LinkedIn has been a huge game changer for me overall. And it's... It's so interesting to think how uh, a business networking platform, kind of AKA social media platform, can have so much impact on someone's life personally. Because for me, I was never big on social media at all because I'm just an actionable person. So I'm not really one to sit and do things that don't really serve a purpose. Like, you know, reading a book is reading a book. You're getting information. You know, going out and jogging is health. Uh, going out and knocking on doors and making sales is those are action items. So like, I was never one for like video games or too much TV. And social media to me was like, I don't want to see like how bad the world is and things like that. So I was like had a profile on LinkedIn, but I never really did anything with it. And so I don't remember exactly what happened. Oh, I know. I was trying to get with the current age of advertising and marketing. So I was like, you have to be on social media. You know, it's another way to get lead in traffic for your business and to network. So I thought, well, let me get on there and let me try LinkedIn. Let's just see what this is all about. So I just basically started scrolling through and realized it was much more of a learning platform. And so I'd click through on articles and I'd start reading articles and I'm just starting like, wow, this is really neat. It's kind of like having a big magazine at your fingertips. You know, and I'd see something and I'd like it and, and things like that. And um, once I started like feeling myself actually resonating with posts and engaging and commenting and, and having dialogue with people, um, I started creating bonds with people, you know, and like following people and like they would follow me and like having these exchanges and this dialogue was really fascinating because it was like good stuff. It was interesting stuff. It wasn't just like okay, you know, here's a news post on, you know, a dog getting abused or something like that, which I can't stand that kind of stuff. So for me, then once I started following people that I could see their messages were inspiring and they were encouraging, it really opened my eyes to sort of this virtual mentorship kind of world. So I found myself being mentored by people who had no idea who I was, but I was watching them, listening to them, hearing their stuff, and becoming intensely motivated, encouraged, and inspired by what they were doing. So then, to me, I was like, this is incredible. I'm getting an incredible amount of value, which started to make me feel slightly guilty because I wasn't posting at this point. I wasn't giving any value back into the platform. So I was like, all right, I've got to figure this out. Like I've got to create posts. I've got to start taking a lot of the knowledge I have inside me, just like I see these people have their knowledge and sharing that knowledge to see how I can help other people, their light bulbs go off and something that would help them. And so I started creating posts and um, it started going pretty good. I got some decent engagement and things like that. And for me, it really wasn't so much about like engagement. It was just about like, is this valuable? Like, is someone going to see that this is like a cool thing that they can, they can take something away from? Um, and so 
I did that for quite a bit. Didn't really get too much into video, a few videos here and there. Um, but I really wasn't that comfortable doing a video because I always felt like you had to have like a script, like you had to know what you were going to say and you had to kind of be like on for it. And so that was uncomfortable for me because I'm pretty much like a, a spur of the moment kind of person. I'm not really one to have a script. So I shied away from it. And then um, I unplugged pretty much from everything because I'll take breaks and I'll unplug from stuff. But I unplugged for about two or three months pretty much completely. I would just go in and support a few key mentors like I was talking about to make sure I was like still supporting them and like catching a few things of theirs, but I pretty much stayed away from it for a while. This was just before like the pandemic. And um, so I was working on projects and my projects were basically selling my partnership in the company that I had built and getting geared up research phase to start a new business and I wanted to write a book too. So I'm kind of got these side projects going. So I was like, well, I don't really have time to get on. I don't really have the time to be on social media. Like it's kind of a time suck versus a needle mover. Right. And um, then the pandemic hit and then I got uh, concerned, you know, for society and my fellow connections on LinkedIn and friends, you know, and I thought, well, I better get back on there to see what's going on and how I can start helping people through this, this quarantine. I mean, everything was just going to heck in a handbasket. So I'm like, I know I'm a voice positivity. I'm like the perpetual optimist. I'm like, let me jump on there and let's see what's going on, see where I can help. And no sooner did I get back on there that Rob Howes invites me into the 30 days of video challenge. And of course I'm like, well, there's no time like the present, right. <laughs> you know, and if I take a challenge, I take a challenge. It's, I'm going to go all in, I'm going to go all the way. And uh, so yeah, every day for 30 days, I had to post a video. And the, the core values of the group were education, encouragement, and inspiration. So I was like, okay, those are the core values of this group. So that's what we're doing in these videos. We're going to spread these messages of basically strength for everybody out, out in the world. And, um, so yeah, I just based my content around messages of strength That's and so just, awesome. you know, pooled from my own experiences and kind of put it out there and 30 days straight, you know, like, okay, what am I going to talk about today? What am I going to say today? And it was just whatever was going on in my life at the moment is basically what I would talk about. So that's, you know, the source of content creation for me. It's just literally whatever I'm kind of experiencing or have just discovered or just kind of went through. Then I'm like, okay, I know what I can talk about and it's going to hopefully help somebody. So let me ask you, did you do all this naturally, organically, or did you have some instruction? Uh, organically for the most part, but I'm obviously, you know, really observant. So like I could see kind of the, the way to create, create content and create engagement, which is, you know, you obviously have to have some kind of stop attention hook, you know, type of thing and then go into whatever it is that you're saying you're going to give to the audience and then you know either saying hey do this you know maybe ask them to try this this week and see what you think or remember this or i hope that you use this or maybe this will help you so um but i do have uh, a virtual mentor steven desady and i'm in his soul shifters group and so in that group I mean, he gives so much, so many tools. So like the big thing is, you know, how are you gonna impact others and how, how are others receiving your impact? 
So he likes to create a space where people get a little bit of those extra tools to kind of narrow in their focus. Things like being natural, pretending that you're just talking to another person on the other side of the camera is just another person. Because if you look at my first video that I did on LinkedIn, it's not very good. It's like, I'm really, uh, you know, to like now where it, I'm totally fine with it. Like it doesn't phase me at all. That's just great. Yeah. And I don't know, I, there's something about LinkedIn that I just love compared to the other platforms. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if it's the professionalism that's there, it you is. know, the caliber of, of folks that are there because it seems like, at least in my world, many people are connecting for reasons that you've already outlined, mm -hmm. and that is to, to inspire or to be inspired. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's just a wonderful thing mm -hmm. for that. And um, how long have you been active uh, on LinkedIn? Yeah, so I guess right around two years. Okay. Yeah, so even though I've had a profile for probably seven or right, eight or right. something like that, um, yeah, I would say active, we're just about coming up on two years right now. And what would you say to people who have not yet taken the leap that have been like you, they've been on for five, six, seven years, but haven't really engaged? I mean, I think it's up to them because it's wherever you're spending your time. Like if you, for instance, LinkedIn just happens to be my thing for some of those reasons that you just mentioned, the professionalism, the more of the networking part where it's not a, a reel of, of ads in, in weird news and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's place to go to get education and to network with others. So for me, that's what I like, that's what works. If somebody else is king or queen of Facebook or king or queen of Instagram, and that's their sweet spot, that's probably where they just should stay. Um, but if they're on LinkedIn because they want to see if that's their sweet spot or they don't have one to begin with, then what a great one to choose if you're going to kind of go in, go all in on something because the return is invaluable. You can't put a price tag on the kind of value I've gotten from that platform, just sheer education, inspiration, encouragement, like ideas, um, connections, networking. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here with you. I, I didn't know who Roger Brooks was, right? So it's a major, I would just suggest that they start, um, if it's something they wanna go all in in, then start, start engaging, start creating posts, um, there's nothing to be afraid of. No one's judging you on LinkedIn. Like, I think that's one of the nice things about it is it's, it's, um, it's not really a vanity type, at least I don't think it's really right. about, you know, vanity. So it's, it's much more non-judgmental. If anything, that platform encourages beginners. It encourages, you know, job seekers, young people, anyone. It's, it's just so encouraging that you have nothing to be afraid of by putting yourself out there. And I'm excited for the future to see what happens to folks like you um, and myself who <laughs> are kind of just getting started, you yeah. know, over the last couple of years. Uh, we, we both have a lot of friends on LinkedIn that, you know, have several hundred thousand or a million oh, followers. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it, it's just life changing from the standpoint that you really can make a significant impact with uh, your posts. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think it has it, it carries uh, somewhat of a responsibility. Oh yes, you know with it as yep. well. It is a responsibility because it's whatever you're representing. So if you're representing your personal brand, let's say, um, in in conjunction with whatever it is you're doing, 
then you have the responsibility to your audience of delivering on whatever whatever you say you're going to do. So if I'm going to teach you about something, I, I better deliver that completely. You know, so that's the responsibility part. Hundred percent. I saw I saw you did a midweek check-in this week, which was great, by the way. Um, and you talked about freedom of location, mm -hmm. which I really, I, mm -hmm. I found interesting mm -hmm. uh, in and of itself. I encourage people to go watch that video. Uh, you talked about where you spend your time and where you want to spend your time. And you talked about things like in your own personal space in your apartment, mm -hmm. taking off your shoes, yep. you know, making sure, and if you have an office, that it's, you know, almost like sacred and clean. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really yep. cool. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like what prompted you to, and I know you talk a lot about freedom, mm. Yep. Uh, but what prompted you to do that post? And if you could kind of give us the more in-depth um, detail about how, what goes into something like that. Right, so uh, I mean, as far as like the holistic approach to life or the holistic approach to consulting, everything starts with you and, and, and my whole message is about self-agency, self-authorization, self-leadership, because no matter where you are in life, whether you're in sales, whether you're you know um, a leader of a division, whether you're just a, a father, a mother, um, anybody who, really anybody, right? So this is a huge umbrella, but um, for me, f there's certain freedoms that come along with being able to become self-agent and truly self-authorized and truly living that full version of yourself. So um, between my coach, Kurt Mercadante, which is the Freedom Lifestyle, who was a coach that I hired, gosh, way back, almost two years ago, um, when I was going through a phase where I felt like a hamster on a wheel. You know, very common, you know, when you're an entrepreneur to have those stages yes. <laughs> where you oh, feel immensely unproductive and, and you're really just beating yourself up, you know, and you're really kind of like, it's bad. It's, it's like you're disrespecting your own self-worth. And, and um, so through seeking out other people who were doing things that were more about how they wanted to live their life, so it's like you get caught up with living your life kind of for other people. And it's very like, again, you're sacrificing, you're giving, you're giving. Well, at some point, there becomes a time where you have to get into self-importance. And self-importance is the heart and the center of my consulting firm. It's all about the self. That's where it starts. So, and I don't care who you are, if you're president of the United States, or if you're, you know, a frontline, service tech worker it's gonna start with you so these freedom activators they're basically things that you can practice to create more space in your life and when you create more space then you have more uh you have an ability to then be self-aware and be devoted to what's going on in your life because the only way that that you're going to impact anybody else for the better in a sustainable way is if you've taken that lead for yourself and being able now you can lead yourself in a much different way then you can you know do whatever you want for other people but it's going to be a much more sustainable approach your impact that you're going to have on others so how do you create this space right so freedom activator number three which is freedom of location is about being knowing where you want to go but being okay with where you're at so having a peace 
okay. a peaceful presence of where you are. So even though uh, I don't necessarily want to be in this apartment that I'm in right now long term, but at this point in my life, it's serving a very specific purpose and I'm happy there and I've made the space very comfortable for myself. So in that, there's a freedom. Now my mind is freed up to focus on other things. I'm not worried about it. Just like it's very freeing to n not have like, so if I say, okay, well, I want to move. Um, eventually I want to be down south. I don't want to be in New York winters, right? right? So instead of just being like, well, that's never going to happen or that's going to happen 15 years from now when I, or 25 years or whatever when I turn 65 and I retire and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, how am I going to make that happen sooner or later if that's what I want? So then you just start allowing your goals, your dreams, your hopes and aspirations, envisioning that that's happening sooner than later, that that's going to happen so that you're, you know, kind of unconsciously taking actions that will get you closer to that goal and not being afraid to do that and not thinking that there's something selfish about that so that it actually happens. And again, that's freedom of location. So people thinking that they're chained to this desk in this office, say for the rest of the, you know, 30 years until retirement, if that's truly in their heart of what they want to do, great. But if it's not, then you're, you're not free. It doesn't sound very free if that's not really what you want. So freedom of location is one area of your life that can lead into this, you know, idea of being self-agent in control. And a is a lot of it mindset as far as how you approach things? Does it start there? Yeah, definitely. Like the mindset has to be that you're, again, looking to be self-aware. So what I mean by that is constantly educating yourself on yourself, <laughs> which takes a certain amount of discipline, takes a certain amount of practice, and it's hard. I was just going to say, it's you so know, easy not to, it's right? It's hard. It's, that's why my shirt says do hard things on it. Because it's not just about going out and chopping wood, but it's about the inner work that we have to do. So inner work is painful. Inner work takes time. Inner work is not fun necessarily. But it's also really rewarding. And then it can turn into things that are magnificent and lead into freedom and self-agency. Mm -hmm if you allow it, if you take that care for yourself. Do you find most people take the easy way out? They don't want to put in the work? I mean, I, I, yeah, it's just case by case basis. I think there's a lot of people that don't know enough to do that because they either weren't taught, weren't shown, um, have just let too many distractions play a role. And the other part to the whole thing is this like and I know this was true for me for a while but I didn't know it so many, you just so, you don't know what you don't know and you know I, I feel that a lot of folks don't deal with childhood trauma they don't deal with um, any kind of trauma that's happened in their life whether it was in childhood or adulthood to where they just start covering up those traumas and create distractions that get away from dealing with the pain or dealing with how it's affected them as a person. And a lot of times we just start going through life where one thing is, everything that you're doing is just ways to validate yourself and try and create a sense of self-worth 
because you don't have any or you, or you lack it or self-respect and you lack it. And that's true for me because that happened to me for a while, you know, where I didn't understand that a lot of the things I was doing, though I'm naturally an empathetic person, naturally a, a very servantile individual and sacrifice and, and give and all that, there comes a point where what is that serving anymore? It's definitely not serving yourself. And now are you just using that as sort of a crutch of, well, this is how I'm worthy. This is how I'm made to be worthy in the world is by doing this. So that's a little mixed up there. And I think a lot of people fall into that exact category. Yeah. And until they kind of hit a wall and they've had a little bit of enough, do they sit back and go, well, how am I going to hit the reset switch here? So my service that I would like to offer people is let me help you hit that reset switch if that's where you're at. Such a great approach. And yeah, it, it ties back to me to LinkedIn. You know, I think about if I'm watching your videos, I may not be ready today. No, but mm -hmm. maybe something, mm -hmm. you know, happens and a month later, two months later, mm -hmm. I see your video and, and now I'm ready to hit that reset. Yeah. So it's about catching mm -hmm. people at the right time, right? Yeah, absolutely, because, um, you know, everybody's at different stages in their life. And if you take the statistics with social media, you've got about 98% of the audience doesn't need your surface. They're not at that point yet. It doesn't right. apply to them. But there's about 2% where it does. So how do you f shine that flashlight for the 2%? So you've got to have this big beacon, this, you know, spotlight for that 2% to come in and see it. So if you're content is congruent on a regular basis with these different stages that people are at, then somewhere along the line, that 2% hopefully will see that light, start engaging, start watching. Oh, this is, this is starting to resonate with me. I'm, I'm identifying here with what she's saying. And the more people start to identify and follow, then hopefully either one turns into a phone call, turns into a subscriber, you know, whatever it is. So is there a a modality for lead-in traffic for my company? Absolutely. But that sort of developed over time. You know, I didn't really understand how it necessarily worked until kind of more recently when the, the dots started to connect. And right. I'm like, oh, wait a minute here. Um, you know, if I'm looking for somebody, you know, if somebody needs my type of service, they have a certain before state. They have a certain you know, which is going to be their identifier, like a certain before state, they're going to have a set of objections for themselves. Like, you know, I don't have enough support. Um, this is selfish if I seek, you know, outside help, right. things like that. So those objections, and then they have the after state, which is where I want to see them go. And so if I can kind of shine a light on all three of those stages, somewhere along that 2% is going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the after state I want to be in, or that's the objection. I've been saying this to myself for six months that how on God's earth could I, you know, justify work on myself? Yeah, and I really want people to take what you just said to heart because I think that cuts through everything where when we do, when, we, when we're on social media or when we're, you know, trying to promote our business, that's, that's kind of the afterthought. Mm -hmm. We should be doing it because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. But knowing, you know, and, and knowing and having in the back of our mind that we, we're, you know, hoping to reach that 2%. Yeah. 
that we will reach that 2%, but you have to stay consistent mm -hmm. oh, in yes. your messaging in order to do that. But don't do it for any other reasons than for goodwill. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is, is you're giving away all kinds of stuff that you're creating. You're creating it for free. You're giving it away for free. There's so much that you give that by the time we get into somebody who might be in an enrollment phase where they're going to pay you money for access and accountability, that's really a different scenario necessarily. Um, so shining the flashlight, it's, it's super important because if you, if you ever are going to actually help somebody where they've truly enrolled and they want that access and accountability to where their life is changed, there's, there's no, you know, yellow pages really. I mean, sure, the internet, but um, I don't know. I'm learning, so this is sort of what I see as the way that's gonna kind of work for me um, as one way. Because how do you get, how how can you truly make that huge impact with somebody unless they've gotten to that point where they're ready for the commitment of access and accountability? Yeah. I mean, because for me personally, I got tons of value from from LinkedIn to where. I don't need to pay really anybody for a lot of stuff because they're giving it, giving it away for free. But when I had a really specific goal in mind and I wanted an accountability partner, I paid for it. And that value from what I paid for with my coach, invaluable. I mean, I don't even know how to repay this person for the kind of money I was given for the type of things that it helped me with. The great thing about life changing it. things yes. there isn't really a price tag for yeah great point <laughs> but what i love is that now that you have that knowledge you'll be passing that on to others oh, you'll absolutely. be able to yep. be an accountability partner for someone who's right. now looking to you right so that's how it works yeah. that's how i see it working yeah. that's how it works in absolutely. my world yeah and exactly. it's just a wonderful thing mm -hmm. and i think more and more people are figuring it out whether they're doing it like you did, mm -hmm. or maybe they're taking a course to figure it out, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And in the, in the end, it's helping people. Yeah. And it's just amazing to yeah. watch. And I think it's, it's the helping people part where you're helping people so that they are be able to help themselves. Right? So like, I, am, oh, I just want to be a people helper, people helper. Right. Well, really the back end story is that you're creating Great a point. way for them to be self-agent and be able to help themselves. Goes back to what you talked about right, earlier. Which is like, a, you know, for a consultant that's, that's claiming to be a holistic consultant, um, there's something in that that I don't know, I don't really know a lot of other consultants that do it the way I'm doing it. I think I kind of, to some degree, have manufactured this right because it's it's pretty specific where the only things that I'm gonna take somebody through are the exact things that I'm either going through myself currently or have already been through so there's no like it's not advice in the same sense of hey I read this somewhere this is the way to do something here you go well you can look online for that right if I need to just know how to do something so for me, it's a different way. It's like, I've done this myself, or I'm going through it right now, and this is how it works. Talk about your low point, if you can. Like, you, you, you mentioned it earlier, that mm -hmm. you were like the hamster, hamster on, on the, the wheel. wheel. Yeah. yeah. But um, because I think it's important for people to understand 
with your story, mm -hmm. and this is how many things in life work, right? We mm -hmm. go through something so traumatic mm -hmm. and we hit rock bottom that, mm -hmm. but then we come out and we triumph mm -hmm. and now we want to help others do the same. Yeah, sure. And that's exactly what yep. it sounds like you're doing. So mm -hmm. if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of like how, how was the struggle, you know? And, and Yeah, so I mean, basically, it wasn't necessarily that anything traumatic happened. Um, there was some personal stuff that I definitely went, was going through around the same time um, that I won't necessarily get into here in on here. Nothing bad, just personal, personal, sure. personal relationship, mm -hmm. uh, significant other issues. <laughs> and um, so going through that at the same time, going through what I would say is really just the entrepreneur's trap, the entrepreneur's struggle at its fullest head. You know, so my pursuit of success and pursuit of that next level and that next step and that next phase um, started to really get away from me because I, again, I was not relating everything back to myself. It was for the clients, for the employees, for my kids, for my husband, for this future version of myself constant constant living in the future which is good when you're an entrepreneur that you're you're a hunter of the future like you're it is a game of pursuit um but i wasn't recognizing that the finish line that i was setting up for myself was the process itself you know it's kind of the cliche the joys in the journey well i was not i was missing the mark really bad with that and it was like I just kept seeing a finish line and trying to go after that finish line and not realizing again that the the trophy the winner of the race is the race itself so I was having a hard time like okay I would I would hit a goal and instead of looking back and going let me connect it to where I am right now of where I just came from to hit that goal it was just well what's the next goal and I was losing something, losing myself in that. So I started to feel like it's almost like a different person. Um, and I kept having these thoughts of, you need to get back to your old self. You know, and your old self was just somebody who had more fun, lived in the moment a lot more, didn't worry and stress out as much about some of these things. And um, yeah, I just, I wasn't, and then I wasn't meeting some of my own goals that I was setting. So that's another trap was this defeatist mentality of, well, that didn't work out. Now I'm so pissed at myself. Like what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not, am I not smart enough? Am I not creative enough? So it was really a, a beating up of the self. And I thought at the time that beating up myself was sort of a way of motivating myself and driving myself, which is really just like an indictment of the self and right. is totally counterproductive and really bad. Apparently, that's not healthy, right? Like, that's not the way to do it. That's not sustainable. That wasn't going to help anything. That wasn't going to get me any closer to my goals. So I had to take a little bit of a step back and just, and just admit that I felt very um, unproductive and I just felt like 10 steps forward. 10 steps back and after doing that for over a decade of entrepreneurship and kind of sometimes failing to see those wins and those successes and really connecting it to the, the present moment. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, you did a great job, shut up. What's this next thing? Instead of kind of bringing it back and going, whoa, this is great, like let's, this is enjoyable. Um, 
so there was that problem and then um also too you know when it comes to corporate like i created a corporation and i was at a desk nine to five and i mean i created a a job for myself which in all intents and purposes fantastic you're paying your bills you're putting your food on the table um but again freedom I did not feel free. I felt like I was being held hostage by my own creation. Wow. And that was a little scary too because, um, you know, on the, on the security side of things, it was security, but on the freedom side, it was not really where I wanted to be. Um, so I had to say, well, how do I deconstruct this now? You know, so it just, I sold my partnership um, my position was tur basically turnkey at this point, so it was really just a salary. Again, it was just like if you walked into any corporate job and got a salary and you're an executive and you're going to work every day. And that's just not me. You know, I'm more of the, the entrepreneur. Like the, the, I like, now that I realize that I'm actually in love with that pursuit and that process, that's truly what I enjoy doing and not so much about the finish line anymore. It really isn't. That's wonderful. You know. Can you tell us a little bit more detail about the decision itself that you had to make to sell? Mm -hmm. And then were there ever any times in that process where you were scared or regretting it? Um, or was it you couldn't wait to get it done? Um, well, it was about a year and a half decision. Okay. So. Um, part of my problem was also, I wouldn't say necessarily an indecisive individual, but again, you have this notion that you hold, you hold so tight onto this idea that it took me this long to build something. This is my quote unquote baby. It's security. It's you know, like known factors. I can even see how it's going to continue to scale and be more successful. So that was just the biggest thing that would keep me away from kind of making the final plunge was really just that sense of security and that sense of well blood sweat and tears this is what i did how could you ever imagine starting all over again and hitting a reset switch that's insane who does that right well <laughs> i do apparently and i think other people are doing it and i think people are ready to do that more in their life I think we definitely see this happening this year with a lot of folks. It coincidentally happened in 2020 for me. Right. You know, so you picked so, a, you picked a moment in time. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people are like, "Oh, 2020 happened because of such and such." And for me, it was like already 2020 was already going to be a crazy year. So COVID just was one more thing that made it this interesting year it was already going to be for me personally. So Jennifer, let's help some people today that are in that same spot, like right where you were. Mm -hmm. But let's give them some hope, like you did it. Mm -hmm. um, what is on the other side of that fear? Um, on the other side of the fear is a complete um, sense of control. Because when you defeat a fearful decision, when you... When you make decisions and you are you were scared, even though you knew they were probably the right decisions for you, um, and you get over that, there's a sense of control there because you did it. You didn't let the fear control you. 
you didn't let the external world control you. You didn't let other people control you. You took the reins. So sometimes you have to step back from success, you know, success on paper and step back and say, you know, is that success on paper really success? It is on paper, but for me internally, it isn't necessarily. Awesome. No, and that's so, yeah, a great way to look at it. It's self-authorization. It's control. Mm -hmm. Because success on paper is just that, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean... Yeah, and no one can take it away from you either, which mm -hmm. is the nice thing too. It's like, just because I'm now not doing something doesn't mean that I didn't do it. Right. I'm just not anymore. But you can still celebrate everything that you did accomplish just because you walked away from it. It's still there. No one can take that away from you. The one thing about this conversation <laughs> that keeps coming up to me is that like we have this monkey mind, right? That mm -hmm. is constantly on. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're your age, my age, mm -hmm. Roger's age. It is constantly there. And it's hard to shut off. Mm -hmm. um, but I think decisions like you made mm -hmm. to take your life in a direction that you want to go, where mm -hmm. you have the control mm -hmm. or more control, mm -hmm. I believe that we are able to train this monkey mind to say, look, yeah, I hear you, but I'm, I'm not listening. I'm going with what I know is right. Yeah. Um, do, you, do, you, do you feel that? Yeah, I think that's um, kind of like the intuition piece. So I think that's more of the spiritual side of things. So, you know, the monkey brain is, serves a purpose for survival. Um, obviously, you know, being humans, being mammalian on top of that, it serves a purpose for survival and for all purposes you think, well, isn't security more important than these desires? And then you have to say, well, you know, spiritually, I feel differently. I feel like I need to be fulfilled. And if I'm not going to be fulfilled, I'm not going to really live up to who I really am. And who I really am is much stronger than the monkey brain. That's, you know, again, that's just one piece to our incredible complexity as a creature. So in order for, you know, I would take it a whole there's a whole other direction I can take this as well, which is the soul experiencing itself through the human form. So yes. there's that whole <laughs> like kind of side of things. And then there's just the side of things where because we are complex creatures, you know, we we have way more than just the monkey brain. We are extremely powerful, extremely powerful, energetic sources. And so the only way to continue to bring that energy out and, and keep you know, growing and being the better version of ourselves is to kind of to some degree ignore that monkey brain because that's just going to keep us safe. It's just going to keep us like next to the fire and fed instead of, you know, really being out there. Let's talk about that soul. <laughs> yeah, you like this, right? <laughs> no, I that's know, why we talk do these about shows. It in your book. Right. Yeah. Yep. And we, yeah. we like to go deep because yep. it's not, you know, yeah. We could sit here and have a podcast and mm -hmm. talk about all talk these about things. Talk about business all day yeah. long. <laughs> but let's talk about something that I know mm -hmm. is important to you. And, yeah. 
Um, so for me, and I think a lot of people, we try our best to put into some kind of descriptive term what this entity is, what this energy is. Um, now, I was born and raised Roman Catholic, so for me it's super easy to call it a soul. It's super easy for me to call God, God, Jesus, Jesus, because that, those are the forms I'm used to, to give context and description to the formless. Well, energy is essentially formless, right? We don't even really see it. Um, our soul isn't something that you necessarily see. None of this stuff really is. So that energy source is, in my opinion, the soul. And the soul has to, in order for it to experience its own energy, it has to have a container, which is, in this case, the human body. So if I want, if, if, it's not even if I at this point, right, it's my soul. So my soul wants to experience more. It's why it's here. So it's like, give it to me, give it to me, you know. And so at some point, your, your, your mind, your unconscious actions, your subconscious, your whatever, however it all works, which is mysterious to me, um, they start to line up a little bit better with each other so that they can start working together in tandem, so to speak. And I mean, people do this through meditation, prayer, um, focus, energy focus, uh, exercise. There's so many ways to continue to let this energy be um, form, be formed, and have a way to experience, hmm. if that makes sense. I love it. Yeah. I love the way you frame that. I don't think there's any other way to really explain it. But I never heard it explained quite that oh, way. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> ah, because I think about this stuff. <laughs> no, it really helps you yeah. put it into context. Yep. Um, and is that what you're going to write your book about? There's going to be pieces of that in there, for sure. Um, it's, it's interesting because it's really hard to try to figure out how to write a book. It's not so much how, but it's like the what that's in the book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think how is a little easier it's there's a format there's a rhyme or reason you're going to have like four drafts to figure it out right. but it's the what that's in there how do you formulate the what especially when you have all these things that you want to say or talk about and for me because everything does connect back to ourselves and our soul that's certainly going to be part of it hmm. well i can't wait mm -hmm. i can't wait for that book yeah it's going to be interesting i think it'll just be one book I think I'll do more than one. <laughs> yeah. You we'll, never we'll, know. We'll start there, right? <laughs> start there. That's me doing that whole, uh, yeah. Exactly. More, more, more. What else is next? Jennifer, can you talk a little bit more about your approach to your business? And cause it's, it's unique from right. what you described earlier. And mm -hmm. loved a little, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you came upon this approach and how it might be different. Right. Okay. So this is interesting you bring this up because um, as some people know, I am a huge sales and selling junkie, right? I love sales. I love everything about it. Um, it ties well into entrepreneurship. It ties well into self-leadership. And for me, there's a big piece to sales, which is positive psychology. So as a sales professional, it's easy to beat yourself up. It's easy to not understand and have all the tools you need to navigate. A lot of times you don't get training. You're figuring this stuff out on your own. And, you know, you beat yourself up a little bit. You get, you get an attitude of defeatism. So it's a defeatist mentality is what I call it or what it's called. 
and it's it's a state where you get so many no's or so many fall throughs or competitors or whatever the story is to where you start to feel like you know is this kind of hopeless or you start to feel like you're a pest to prospects to clients and things like that whereas the approach to it is that you're helping you're there to help so you have to have your own positive psychological state for yourself in order to keep moving forward and have pride in what you're doing so for my approach with holistics it stems off of positive psychology if you want to talk about the like real um, school of thought behind it because there's different schools of thought when it comes to consulting coaching one is a no bullshit coach which has its place but you have to have that uh, that approach with kid gloves to some mm. degree because if you have the real no bs approach and you start making someone feel guilty or shameful then that's completely counterproductive mm. and i don't think that that's a healthy approach whatsoever now if you have a no bs coach but they do it in a different way where it's they have a knack about it and and at the end of the day it ends up becoming positive that's great but that's hard to do. That takes a special kind of person. Um, and that's not me, right? So I'm not really the person that's going to be like, oh, you know, blah, 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 like, you know, and try and drive somebody through um, a competitive nature. So it's not so much like a positive psychology approach isn't really about competitiveness. It's about drawing out strength and then utilizing your strength. So everything that you need lies within you. There is no outside magic formula. There's no magic pill. You know, there's no quote of all quotes that's going to solve it or a book of all books that's going to solve it. It's everything lies within you. So the more you get somebody to draw out their own unique strengths, gifts, talents, and positive psychology about themselves, the stronger they're going to become and the more tools you can then start to give them where they're ap more apt to use now the teaching, the education, and, and their mind is opening and expanding. So it's not about indictment, you know, it's not about shame or guilt or you're not good enough or you, you haven't been strong enough or anything like that, you know. Because I kind of used to do that a little bit to myself, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can brute force through anything was a bit of my mentality. And I, I don't know if that just came from sports and the way I was raised and stuff like that, but at some point, brute force isn't enough, you know. Um, just saying, you know, I, I can do this isn't enough. You have to understand why and how. <laughs> right. right, so. I like that. I like that approach a lot. And, um, yeah, I think every individual, when, they, when they're looking for a coach, I feel that it's all about chemistry. So if I'm seeing you on LinkedIn mm -hmm. and I connect with you and your energy, mm -hmm. um, then then I'm going to be attracted to that. Right. Whereas um, you know maybe you know someone like um, um, you know Corey Warfield, you know, yeah, he he's great, you know, yeah. and he has a great energy. Mm -hmm. I may attract to someone like him. So, yep. it, but again, I think that's the great thing about your approach is that. You're you're putting all the cards on the, on the table and right. saying this is what I do, this is who I am, and this yeah. is how I can help you. Yep. And 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 that two percent you'll find just being you. Yeah, and I think like if you're gonna 
teach somebody that they need to create space for themselves as part of the modality to iterate through something, some outcome that they want to achieve, well then I better also be the one to show you how to create that space of safety, right? So my approach is a, a space of safety. There's not one thing you could ever approach me on that I would judge you on if you're coming in a, a, from a place where you need help. So, because th that's something I'm also going to show you how to do with your own self or with somebody else or whatever it is, wherever you're at in the line. You know, some people are already have so much under control and it's just a certain facet mm -hmm. that they need to move forward to. And that's fine. It's, everybody's going to be somewhere in there. Such important work. How does all this tie into your new podcast? Well, so Break the Ice is ice stands for illusions covering evolution Ooh. yeah so basically and, and again this, this is so funny because it also goes back to sales <laughs> being a sales <laughs> professional um you know i learned early on in my career in sales that the sooner you connect with somebody the sooner the whole process goes along and the more you can break down those walls and have regular conversation and when the, you say connect, what do you mean exactly? So what I mean by connect is like you're not putting on any kind of airs. You're not trying to have any kind of like fancy strategy to your sales approach or, or um, tricks or anything like that. So it's just you kind of authentically showing up and having a conversation with another human being. Okay. Now, do you have a process you need to follow? Do you have check marks that go along with your sales process for sure? or you could fall down horribly with not collecting enough information, let's say. Um, so I'm not saying there isn't a process and a structure, but your initial connection should just be really just a, a, a normal, human, open, honest conversation. So I learned the faster, not so much the faster, but just the most natural way to connect was actually a lot easier at, at moving in through the process mm -hmm. then, because then you're just, having a conversation as two regular people with no one has any tricks up their sleeve. It's, we're going to go through this and, you know, we're going to see what you need, right? And if I can help you with what you need, then we'll get her done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's the break the ice in that sense where it's about authentic connection with others. But then there's the break the ice with, with yourself as mm. well. So authentically connecting with yourself. And again, this is about breaking down those illusions, those barriers, all those structures that we build out of, you know, this need for safety. And um, they're, they're illusionary, a lot of them. So self-doubt is, is an illusion. You shouldn't have a reason for self-doubt. Now, I can tell you why, you know, and things like that. So the podcast is about breaking the ice and, and bringing in guests who are familiar with how they've been able to combat self-doubt, how they've used self-awareness, reflection, um, not being afraid of being who they are and who are on journeys of being the best version of themselves. So leaders, sales professionals, um, coaches, you know, all these kind of things, I want them on as guests so we can continue to explore this concept of breaking down these illusions so that you can get more out of life and be a better version. That's great. How is it going so far? Good. It's really good. My, I'm doing about two guests per week and then a solo episode. So like I'll do a solo episode and then I'll have two guests. So that's three episodes a week. Wow. Yep. And what, what number are you on? Uh, I think I'm on six. Great. So I brand new, you know, <laughs> just started. Great. 
Well, we'll um, do our best to promote it. Yeah, so it's really fun. Um, yeah, because here, so here's the thing, like one of my strengths is communication. One of my um, goals in life is to have more authentic conversations like this and, and be able to be with people one-on-one. -on -one. Like I truly enjoy that. So a podcast is also an outlet for my own desire to do something creative, something that I enjoy, you know, and then if it continues to bring in this awareness that, you know, there's a safe space to discuss these things, there's places you can go to learn more about how others are doing this, just like I did from other people too, you know. Right. And how are you selecting your guests? Basically um, off of LinkedIn, so people that I've connected with that I admire, I understand a little bit about their story, mm -hmm. um, you know, and who would be interested in being a guest. So I'm soliciting people to be a guest. A guest. Um, I haven't really had anyone ask me if they can be a guest, um, so I don't know uh, anything really about all that stuff, but I have a hit list. Good. You know, I have like a dream 100, so I'm just kind of going down my hit list and trying to reach out and get these people on my show. Well, I don't know if I told you, but I, I studied under London Real. Yeah. And um, it was an intense eight-week course. It was three years ago when podcasting was less known, mm -hmm. you know, and there was more to it. And I think today, good for you, like mm -hmm. you could make it happen pretty quick yeah. and... and efficiently. <clears throat> anyway, one of the things that Brian Rose taught us is never interview anyone who asks to be interviewed. Oh, okay. Unless it's coming from, say, a third party where that's their job. Right, okay. You know, to bring someone out who wrote a new book, yeah, for example. Sure. But I don't know about, about that. I tried mm -hmm. to stay true to that. There's been some people who reached out to me that I, I interviewed because I wanted to, but mm -hmm. um, that was just an interesting thought. I'd, mm -hmm. uh, I yeah, because I've been a guest on several podcasts, and they asked me, "Hey, do you want to be a guest on yes. my podcast?" And I'm like, <coughs> "Okay," um, you know, because I, I I'm not shy, so I'm like, "All right, that's fine by me. This will be fun." Um, so I just figured that that's what you do. You know, you go out and you see who you can get on your show. Yeah. No, um, who you think is going to bring some relevance to the messages that you're trying to promote and, and to your so-called audience that are going to end up being your audience. Yeah. I don't know. And I love the <laughs> idea of your Dream 100 mm -hmm. because that way you could put, you know, these are the people I really want to aspire mm -hmm. to inter interview mm -hmm. and you'll hit them, you know. Yeah. That's the fun part about yeah. this. that You'll start checking off yeah, <laughs> those people and it's fun. Yep. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Roger and I have had a chance to go to California and um, wow. we took the set to North Carolina and New York City. Yeah, I was going to ask you because some of your guests, I mean, it's not like they're all coming to Bimington. Yeah, right? no, they're not coming here. <laughs> right, so we have to get yeah, on a plane like, or drive. Them, like, <laughs> right. But Jesus, with. You must travel too. <laughs> yeah, so it's fun. That's awesome, though. So you're enjoying it, right? Because you get to travel, you're meeting all Love these it. people. So you're living your own dream. It is the best. I think podcasting is the best sales tools, speaking of sales, mm. for any business. Mm. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're a salesperson, mm -hmm. if you own your own company, mm -hmm. if you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's a great tool. Yeah. Because, again, there's so. no real, there's, you're not doing it for reasons other than, hopefully, 
spreading goodwill. Yeah, like creating a bigger community around your exactly. message and tools for people. and Exactly. Yeah, so it's like, for me, it's about, again, another kind of source mm -hmm. of some lead-in traffic, um, promoting the message, building some kind of a community, you know. And that was we'll my next see. question is, where, where do you want to take this? I'm not 100% sure. I think I'm kind of letting sort of things happen a little bit. I want to take the podcast and I'm going to, continue with it. I don't know if I'll go much more than three episodes a week. Maybe at some point I'll be five episodes a week. Um, but it's certainly something that that I feel passionate about and to the point where I might even end up with a second show. So it's Break the Ice podcast right now and I've got a couple ideas of a couple of other shows. It just means that's going to be more part of your life and more time spent to it. So I have to see how that goes. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to, I'm definitely sticking with it, that's for sure. Well, I'm happy that we caught you at this stage because it's right in the really beginning. Yeah, I'm in the reset. You know, let's, yeah, maybe you could come back in a year or <laughs> yes, so and we could see the progress. The progress. So, um, about a week ago, you posted this Stop making money responsible for your actions, stop making money more powerful than you. Mm. Yep, so that's another freedom activator. What did you, yeah, if you, if you could expand so on that. that was free. So I have two favorite freedom activators, and the first one is freedom of time, and then the last one I'll do my fifth video on, which is freedom of relationships. Okay. But freedom of time, and then there's freedom of money, so that's this one that you're referring to. Mm -hmm. And basically what that is is, you know, a lot of people, they have this, it's not like they know money isn't a real thing, but you know m the whole monetary setup in the world is a gigantic illusion in and of itself so the mon monetary system is cracked it's never going to be sustainable long term at some point we're going to look back at this time and go we were primitive right so it's an illusion but whatever you got to play the game you're in the field of time and reality so if we've got to play this this game of monetary exchange unfortunately i think people put such weight on money as a, as like being a, like its own entity, like it has energy, but it doesn't. Like money doesn't have energy, it's an inanimate object. You know, there's no energy in money. What lies behind money is people, the energy of people. So where does money come from? And I say this right in the video, money comes from somebody else's bank account into your bank account. And how do you get that? Because you function, you give an energy, you get an energy back. So why would you give any less energy to anything? Because that's, it's counterproductive, right? So if I'm going to think of money like um, I need more of it to be happy or I need this promotion in order to feel better about myself, and I need to make that certain amount to get this property or to get this or to do that, and then I'll be better or then I'll be happy, is unfortunately that's, you know, very, that's going to be limiting to you. Mm -hmm. That's a self-limiting kind of thing. So you don't want to let that idea have power over you. Instead, you want to have the same amount of energy saying, I am amazing now without the promotion. I am happy now without this perfect amount in my bank account. So if that internal energy is the same, 
you're actually going to attract more of the energy that you need. So now it's about an attractant, a magnet. So if you take away that power of money in and of itself being the external factor, and you're the factor, now it's your internal energy that's now the magnet and the attractant, you'll actually have more money coming to you hand over fist. You know? Um, wow. But you have to practice it. You have to start thinking that way. So again, that's another way to have a freedom in your life. That was one of the most powerful frame of references around money ever yeah. told on this show. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. That Absolutely. Was that was really Yeah, great. I mean, I, you know, I think everybody has a relationship with this idea of money, just like I have. I mean, hell, the whole reason why I started at a business was to be financially free and get out of the rat race. You know, I'm a huge Robert Kiyosaki junkie back in the day, and I was like, yeah, you know, and I, I somewhere along the lines just didn't have a good relationship with money because I was looking at it like it was something and really it's nothing. You're it. You talked earlier about accountability. And I think that word, you know, it's, it, you hear the word a lot. Mm -hmm. But until you're in a situation or a business where you're holding someone accountable or they're being accountable to you, mm -hmm. sometimes it's really hard to appreciate the definition of accountability. Yeah, so it is. now that you've, you're into this, mm -hmm. and, and I also wanted to ask you about your first client because that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but how does that all tie together with you being accountable to that client, them being accountable to you, and right. how does that process work right. in your world? Yeah, so, you know, with the for, I mean, I've had about three businesses, even though I count it as one business, one business because it was one corporation with about three kind of entities under it. Okay. And through the whole process of this, I learned that client relationship is a two-way street of value exchange. And at the end of the day, you're kind of accountable to each other to stay within the system and the boundaries of that relationship. If you start going outside that, those systems and that boundary, you're going to lose some relationship. You're going to disintegrate. Something will happen that will end it or it won't be as good or you won't get as much out of it. So I don't want to leave success on the table, right? And um, if you're entering into this relationship with somebody where you're saying, okay, I'm giving you these 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 services or these tools or these things to do in exchange you're going to do them to stay within that boundary and within that system now we're being accountable to each other through agreement like a shake the hands agreement right yeah. um so responsibility is you have to perform a certain function because it's your job or it was what you're supposed to do whereas accountability is an agreement to outcomes an agreement to a result so if, if, if we're agreeing or I'm agreeing to provide you with a result or an outcome, now I'm accountable to that agreement. Does that make sense? Yes. So being accountable to an agreement with each other, or even if it's just a one-way street, it's fine. Still, you have that accountability. So if you're going to come in and we're going to have a relationship together, that's the agreement. Um, now, the outcome's is what we're hoping for. These results we're working together towards, and this is what we're hoping for. Um, sometimes the 
the desired outcomes change, and that can happen, but if it's changing naturally, specifically, as a result of the work, that's good, that's fine. Um, if, if outcomes or, or results didn't happen, and uh, this hasn't happened to me yet, but I've heard someone recently talk about this, there's still going to be an outcome of some sort. And maybe the outcome is, this wasn't the right choice. That's, you know, there's gonna be, have to be another direction. What happens if someone stumbles? What do they do? So if I'm accountable to you, yeah. and you say, you know, by next week this time, you know, try to accomplish X, Y, and Z. I'm not doing my work. I, I've done nothing all week, and um, I'm just being lazy. What does someone do in that case? Uh, being transparent to the person mm -hmm. they're accountable to. Like, what do you suggest they? Um, do as far as how they handle the relationship and I mean, you know being forthright right so I think like if they're if they're coming to you and they're being honest and they're saying look I didn't get such and such done because of such and such I mean there's gonna be some leeway there maybe we're gonna have to look to another way to do it or um, maybe you just need more time and then we we're gonna have to agree to what that more time is and if it perpetuates then there's not much I can do for somebody at that point. They're gonna have, they're gonna, I'm not gonna take their money anymore, that's for sure, um, because there has to be a participation. If there isn't a participation, then, I mean, I don't wanna sound mean, but like, get out. You know, we're gonna try everything we can and, and we'll try different ways, but if it just comes down to being somebody wasn't really ready, then they weren't really ready. Yeah. One of the reasons I asked the question is we have, <clears throat> we have a book course that we, we offer we teach people how to write mm -hmm. their first book and several people are gung-ho in the beginning mm -hmm. but they struggle mm -hmm. with the accountability part mm -hmm. and they're not putting in their you know their mm -hmm. their time and in, in our in our program set up where it's kind of baby steps where yeah we're asking you to write you know one page right. a day two pages right. a day and that's your accountability <laughs> that's you giving that over so like same thing like I'm telling you that I'm gonna hold you accountable in the sense that I'm gonna continue every single day, whether that's an email, whether that's a phone call, whether that's a message, hey, did you do this? Or hey, here's this. Here, this will help. You know? mm -hmm. So if it's a constant communication of support and love, that's that accountability factor. And if still there is somebody who, who opts not to engage back, then they're really no longer a client, they're really no longer a participant. Yeah. And there's that disintegration there. But my responsibility, my part in the accountability is, you know, every single day or whatever the frequency is that we decide that you'll be there. That you'll be there. And yeah. I mean that can be email. That can be as simple as a daily email as part of it. Like I just enrolled into a software and every day I get an email from and it's great because they're like, Little this reminder. was day one, here's the video. Right. This was day two, here's the video. And I'm like, freak, man, this right. is fantastic <laughs> because left to my own vices. Yeah. I'm like, when did I sign up for that? Last yes. month? Yeah, I haven't done anything with it. Yeah. So, so there's that's that, that accountability part, right? Yeah. That's the push, you know, because every, you know, everybody gets so busy and it's like, ah, oh, that subscription I've paid for for three months and I haven't touched versus, oh my gosh, they're emailing me every day. Oh yeah, let me do that real quick. Let me do that real quick. Next thing you know, you're fully enrolled.
Jennifer, this has been a great mm. conversation. I, I, I can't thank you enough for making the trip here. Oh, yeah. Um, for dropping so much value on our, on our listeners and viewers today. Uh, just a couple of quick more questions mm -hmm. before we let you go. Uh, there was one more post. That I, I was watching all these LinkedIn posts, and there's just one more <laughs> I want to ask you about. It was pretty cool. Um, it was a really pretty picture of a lavender field. Okay, I know the one. Yeah, and, and there was a quote on there, mm -hmm. and it said, a seed is just a seed until it breaks ground. Then it is something else. Mm -hmm. Frame that up for us in your world. Okay, so this, this goes back to, I guess, earlier when you talked about mindset. So growth mindset and, and self-development, growth of any kind whatsoever is not evident until there's evidence of that growth. So we can read all the books we want in the world. We can, you know, kind of talk till we're blue in the face about things. But unless there's action that occurs that shows that growth that you're claiming that you've found, then it doesn't technically exist. So basically it's, it's about evidence of growth. Mm. So a seed is just a seed until it breaks ground. Yep. So you're just, you know, if you're in a state of growth, that's great. And, and a lot of it might be, again, like that seed. But until you've actionably chosen to use what you've learned and, and there's evidence, then it's not truly growth it, really yet, right? Does that make, it's so does that true. make sense? It does. It does. It's <laughs> okay. so true. Good. All right. Yep. But yeah, that's what that post was about. I hope people got it. Oh, yeah. I don't know. For sure. It was, okay. And it was a beautiful picture. Yeah. Yep. Any regrets that you have? Um, I think, like, for me, it's, I don't know if it's really so much regrets. Um, like, I've always been a believer of not having regrets um, because it's just sort of a time waster to, to you know. Dwell. Yeah, dwell and mm -hmm. ruminate and all that in, in our shortcomings. But... I think for, I think maybe it's just more about um, how long it took me to realize this whole thing about self-importance and that it's not selfishness to have self-importance and to be able to spend time on becoming a better person so that you can even be a bit, you know, better to others. So I, I think that for me, I wish I would have known about it earlier on in life. Like I'm talking about even in my early 20s. So even back then, if, if, it if I would have had more like knowledge that I have now to tell my 20-year-old self, it really wouldn't be a bunch of like techie stuff or business stuff. It would be more about like, hey, take like an hour every day and just focus on yourself for crying out loud and like forget everything else that exists. Because I think I, w I just would have gotten along like more head further at a shorter period of time. Yeah, but that's cool. Yeah. Um, and that was my next question. I was going to ask you if you were to take out your cell phone and call your 20-year-old self, yeah. what you would say. Yeah, like... <laughs> spend more time spend on more you. Spend more time on you, yes. you know? And that's not in a selfish way. That's just in a way to, um, you know, do better. You'll end up doing better for others that way. Well, I'm so glad that I was here and had the privilege of uh, being across from you for over an hour. Yeah, this is really fun. I'm honored that, that my son Roger was here to yes. hear this as well because yeah. 
that helps expand <laughs> uh, the young be a minds. Pretty wise guy. <laughs> He's gonna get into <laughs> circle of friends and be like, well, let me tell you about uh, seeds of growth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last question before I let you go. If you were writing a book about mm. your life story, mm. how would you want it to end? Well, how do you see it ending? Oh, gosh. I mean, open-ended, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if I want to see it end, that I'm living every day as my perfect day. Um, so my perfect day being with the ones I love, kind of doing what's enjoyable and having a sense of peace. So, um, I mean, I tr strive for that every day. Awesome. So not much, probably totally different than I am now, but um, different circumstances, so to speak. Jennifer Bulkley, yep. thank you so much. Thank you Welcome so much. to the American Real Family. Yes, if people amazing. want to reach out to you, what's the best way? Um, just find me on LinkedIn, uh, my name, Jennifer Bulkley, or go to www.breaktheiceco.com. And then through that, you can reach out to me on any social media platform that I'm on, the podcast, the business, the book me page if you want to book my services or have a call, discovery call. Great. And is there anything coming up that you'd like to mention uh, that people should look out for? Um, probably just new episodes of the podcast Great. and content and all that sort of thing. Well, keep being amazing. Keep doing yeah. what you're doing. Keep inspiring. Yeah. And thank you so much for yeah, doing this today. My honor and pleasure. Absolutely. Totally honored to be invited. Thank you. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.